This call is now being recorded. So I want to hear your theory. Uh, What's your theory? So my machine, <laughs> my not. Okay, so here's my not sheen theory, okay? Got it. My not sheen theory is this is free-form conversation, normally ranging for about an hour long. I think Charlie has been told a certain amount of things to say and not say to keep himself very carefully in the box at the moment because Charlie, believe it or not, is probably running out of money. And Charlie is probably not able to really raise enough funds to keep things the way he, you know, he lives. And I think if he says some things in a podcast, particularly with friends when he's loose talking, it could result yeah. in some bad, bad things. But I don't okay. know. I don't know either, but I do know this, that um, his publicist... Uh, his name Jeff something I'll have to look it up real quick yeah uh, he told me that um, he won't do it at all even with you know people he knows it's just um, yeah it's just something he, he doesn't do and, but he didn't really get into why oh it's um, Jeff Ballard so mm. when I looked him up there's a website to click on the what he didn't, yeah. his publicist doesn't even have a website I, I called his house and oh um, wow and he just answered the phone hello you know like like any normal person I'm like hi is this Jeff and he's like yeah I'm like are you still uh, represent Charlie Sheen as a publicist yeah I'm like mm. oh cool uh, we'd like to have him on our show and I told him about it because I wanted to talk to him about um, his year of recovery, which he just he yeah. posted up a picture of his coin on yeah. uh, social media, and he wrote, uh, "So this happened today, a fabulous moment in my renewed journey." So he's obviously open about that. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk to him about his uh, Australian speaking tour that apparently was successful, but I don't know. I can't really find anything about it except that. Uh, I guess it's sold out. Mm. And, uh, you know, what's new? It's just totally like normal questions that anyone might want to know, but he's, uh, he's keeping it low key. Yeah. Yeah. But, so to your point, the fact that he may be running low on money, um, I mean, when your publicist doesn't even have a real website and he answers the phone from his home how much publicity is really happening like, right not much and then his commercial representation is in England yeah because they were the first people I contacted and they're like oh we do only do uh, you know commercial representation for fee right um, and they're the ones who said oh, you should you should try to find uh, his manager or publicist so yeah. It was uh, it was very easy to get a hold of these people though. Like I mean, if anyone wants to give Charlie Sheen some work, it's like and has money, it's like it's on. I guess as long as it's not. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I just want to mention that Denise Richards' horses need help, and you know, Charlie needs to come in horses. Oh right, because she was um, <clears throat> for uh, by the stables. For uh, like fifty thousand dollars for a stable fee, yeah. and she was asking asking Charlie to help pay that. I mean, I would think that she's probably better off than he is. Uh, How? I, I mean, why why wouldn't she be? Um, she didn't. She doesn't got into. She doesn't work, I guess, in a long time. But um, you know. She obviously gets uh, a good amount of child support, but yeah, she's got a she's got a certain level of, of lifestyle to maintain, I suppose. Too. Can you imagine when that kid turns eighteen? What how it's going to be? What's she going to do? Yeah, right. 
Why did she should ask Martin? Oh, but yeah. I mean, yeah, or Emilio, or uh, the other the other brother who no one knows. Yeah, there's another guy too, right? That no one knows. Yeah, he's probably the, the unknown. The unknown brother is probably doing better than all of them. Yeah, he's the healthy <laughs> one. He's the, right. He's the healthy one. I like it. So. Yeah, he's like he's a stable older brother, you know. He's, he never yeah. really got into trouble. Uh, no, Mar- married Paula Abdul for some odd reason. Yeah, that didn't last. But that's cool. That, no, I mean that's had a reflection on him. Yeah, maybe maybe his bad taste in women, but that you know that doesn't count. No, because we all I love that. that. I love that film with him and Charlie where they play garbage guys. That film's brilliant. Oh, yeah. What's that, that called? Men at Work? Men at Work? Yeah. 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 That's brilliant, yeah, that cool. film. Yeah, it's great. Didn't Emilio write that or something? I think he directed uh-huh. it. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he didn't. Maybe we were just making shit up. Coach Bombay. Coach Bombay. Yeah, they should, uh, <clears throat> should do a reboot of, um, of the uh, Breakfast Club, where all of the uh, all of the adults have kids. Yes, and they're they're dropping off their kids at detention. And uh, they're all still they're alive kids. too. They, I know it's that's remarkable. And they and all survive. Yes. Char- yeah, Charlie could be the principal. Yes. So it's really Brilliant. just like the adults, like like uh, Judd and Judd. Sure. They can just have the uh, cameo roles of you know dropping their kids off at detention. But then the yeah. big deal is that is that Sheen, the principal. So it's just like a, it's a reboot or, or a remake mm-hmm. in a sense, but you've got the you've got the stars from the first movie as as the parents, and they're only in, they're not really in the movie much. But it's just these cameo roles. But then it's Sheen. Sheen's like through the whole thing as the uh, hard you know hard ass principal. I think we can hit the critical principal. Right. In, in, that'd be rad it could be it could even be like a a shot by shot remake like same dialogue everything just like just reshoot it with a different cast that would be cool yeah because because then you wouldn't have to like you know you wouldn't then you wouldn't be trying to make it better you would just be doing it over in in this like a generation later I think that I think that's a fine idea yeah I would watch it. I would too, and it's such a relevant film. Really, it it, it will always be. You know, and we'll always all feel that way at that age, and we'll always all be those people, all of us. Yeah, you know. I, right. I think it would be interesting to like to keep the script and and not change it, and see how see how it works in like like modern day because I don't think there would yeah. have to be anything really changed no like all the references because like, there's not any specific references to uh, to anything like that's like current even back no. then it was just it was yeah. just how kids feel yeah <laughs> they don't they don't yeah. even, they don't even they don't even mention products or anything it's simply just how kids feel yeah. Like there are no labels or anything. There are no brands. Like so, right. you you could just keep it the same way. Yeah, I think the pitfall would be with the music, like yeah, because um, yeah, today's music is such garbage. Like yeah, um, and you couldn't do throwback, like a throwback like soundtrack. That would be ridiculous. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's possible. You'd have to curate the music because there's a lot of music in, in 
isn't there? I don't know. No, I guess not. There's not really a lot of music. There's some. So that would yeah. have to be chosen really carefully. So, yeah. Because that could, that could either uh, make it really good or, or destroy it easily. Yeah, it could music either make so it, important. it... It could either make it not sheen or sheen. Exactly. Exactly. We haven't done a Charlie Sheen update in a long time. And, no. And this is... And this is one that that, that get, got very close to um, to actually being Sheen, but yeah, but it's not Sheen, unfortunately. No, it's not Sheen. Hmm. So um, wow, a few interesting things have happened. I mean, seems like there's this. There's this this HBO film coming out, and this is a really fast turnover for a story, a political story, to be made into a film. But yeah. it's an HBO, HBO film called Brexit, and it's got oh, Benedict, wow. Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch, and um, it's it's basically implying that some type of tool was used to suppress voters and to gather the voters that they wanted to get the Brexit vote to leave. The Russians? No, it's just a, a, uh, a political a political guy. Guy working in the back, you know? Okay, yeah. There's that theory too, that, that like everything today, it's always the Russians, like that Brexit was really just a Russian club. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is pretty, pretty amazing. But it's uh, fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Um, that and then, really uh, and then, like, uh, Alex Winter, who is he, he played Bill from Bill and Ted. Yeah. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. Um, he's made a couple of movies that have come out one is called uh, The Trust Machine which is about the blockchain but the other one is called The Panama Papers and it's oh, about yes. the, Panama, the Panama Papers leak and right. I mean really whenever like and the reason I'm bringing this up is like I, I see a lot of these sort of like you know uh, conspiracy theorists sort of sort of left fringe people post things about, you know, military spending and how that mm-hmm. could be used to house all these people? Well, yeah. sure it could. But the fucking $33 trillion that is not being circulated into our tax revenue that's being yeah. held in these offshore accounts is really where our infrastructure and where our sort of, you know, money needs to come from. And it's a very small amount of people that's doing this, you know. Right, right. It's called the um, it's called the offshore magic circle. Is uh, yeah. Is the organization? It's like a set of uh, law firms that specialize right. in, in tax havens and in uh, Bermuda, um. Dublin, Singapore, Luxembourg, um, Cayman, right? Um, the Channel Islands. So yeah. yeah, there's these little places in Dublin. It's crazy because it's like you think like Dublin, but they have really weird tax laws in in Ireland, like almost none. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so they can people can hide their money really easily. It happened for a long time. I know. I know that. So this leak that you're talking about, um, yeah, it was, like a, it was like 11 and a half million documents that go all the way back to the 70s, right? Um, and they were leaked uh, to uh, a German journalist uh, three years ago. Um, yeah, and then and, uh, a whole team took over in secret and started to work on it and go right. to work on these papers. Um, and one journalist has, has died as a result of it. She oh, was wow. killed in a, in a car bomb. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
it's uh, it's interesting. I know there's um, in cases like <clears throat> like this where there's leaks of shady uh, financial transactions that go back, you know, decades. There tends not to be as much uh, criticism um, as as other kinds of leaks get, like political stuff, because, like as you said, this this kind of thing it, it directly affects like the entire world's economy, um, mm-hmm. and uh, there's all because there's all this money that's being like taken out of really out of uh, circulation, and yeah. uh, it 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 gives a false read on on like everything economic because like where the money just disappears right it once existed and now it seems to be gone and so economic policies between between and in countries um, can be uh, wrong like without people knowing they're wrong when they enact certain policies and then that money pops back up again and it can really mess things up yeah it's very very interesting the magic circle what a name the magic, too. The magic circle huh crazy and then, like, I mean, these are the two main issues that I see, like, that we really need to focus on. Or is that, which won't right. ever change, and, and there's no fucking bill coming around, you know, going to change anything anyway. And then also, uh, voter uh, campaign finance, man. Oh yeah, that's ridiculous you know, too. That's. That's 70% of our issue with democracy in this fucking country is campaign finance. Like, yeah, before we get into that, yeah, right. But before we get into that, there's another, there was another release of uh, documents called the Paradise Papers that uh, occurred um, about a year ago, and they're still coming really? out. There's like it's a, it's a bigger it's a bigger release. Um, wow. Same same thing. Same. Uh, yeah. They actually released the two other two other German um, reporters from the same newspaper, um, but uh, and along with and this time they released this stuff to these two guys and another like 380 journalists at the same time. Yeah. Um, so they made it was a much broader and bigger. Um, leak and dis- disclosure and far more yeah. countries involved too it's uh but it seems to have gotten a little bit for whatever reason less coverage i guess because people don't under they don't i guess they don't care because if it doesn't necessarily seem like it applies to you in your life and, and you hear news about Oh, these like. Well, it's not just that. It's not just that. I mean, there's no fucking way of fixing it. How are we fixing this? No one's offering a way of fixing it. They're just telling us it's happening. You know? Right. And, and oftentimes with these kinds of things, like the story turns into being about the leak itself, and not not the substance of what's in the yeah. documents. Like because yeah. that seems to be the sexy thing. Like the the. The I don't know the hacking or the or the leaking or the disclosure itself. Not in, like who cares what's in it? It's just that this happened, and um, so the actual substance of the documents gets kind of overlooked. It, some in some ways because it seems to be you know too complicated to understand. And like I said, it how does it affect me? Like I don't care. But uh, yeah, but it's just crazy the amount of people like or, or companies that that they found information on like Nike, yeah, uh, Poker Stars, which is like a I guess a um, um, an online betting group, um, yeah, uh, 
Glen, some company called Glencore, which is a English Swiss commodity trading and mining company. Um, VTB Bank, which is a Kremlin-owned bank, um, and then <clears throat> in the countries, it's, it's, it's nuts. It's like Algeria, Angola, Ghana, Kenya, Liberia, Nigeria, Uganda, India, Indonesia, Japan, Kazakhstan, Pakistan, Austria, France, Greece, Ireland, Lithuania, Serbia, Spain, Switzerland, Turkey, the United Kingdom, the United States, Ukraine. Israel, Jordan, Saudi Arabia. It's everywhere. Like, every yeah. country. Like, every big country that, like, Argentina, Brazil, Chile, Colombia. Um, and, uh, no, the response has just been, like, quiet. Uh, yeah. Even, even though this is a bigger and more, more widespread disclosure than what was in the Panama Papers it's because there's, specul there's speculation that it's because it doesn't seem to be overtly like illegal like it's just taking advantage of existing laws so it may not be illegal but it's like there's, there are obviously ethical questions and people get really confused when you're talking about ethical questions because because everyone speeds yeah. in their car, you know, occasionally or whatever. Or everyone, like, you know, steals the pen from the bank. <laughs> so you get these, like, sh like, shady areas of ethics, which it's not really, really illegal. It doesn't really affect me. So well, they think, people think it doesn't really affect them. So no one really cares. Um, somebody who did care... Bernie Sanders. Hmm. But he's he's too old, man. And I've been talking he's also, about this. He's, he's also playing too much of a game to me. For me, I mean, unless you fucking stand up and say your entire party is corrupt and you got fucked out because it's corrupt. I am not a Democrat. I am not a Democrat. I am not a Democrat. You come, you should come out to the lake house. Like he's got a great house in Vermont. Um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Like my my, it's cool that he's he's like, you know, into it. Like or talking about it. That's fine. Like that's great. He should. But for a, for a guy who spent, you know, the last thirty years in government office and before yeah. that he was like the, the mayor of Burlington Vermont I mean the guy's been a politician from like since he was a fairly young young guy um, why in the world would he wait this long to uh, I'm gonna run for president like dude you're like you're 77 years old you know, if you win in 2020, he'll be like 79 years old. At the end of his first term, he'll be 83. Then if he ran again, he'd be like 87 years old if he completed his two terms in office, if he got elected. It's absurd. Like, yeah. um, it's just nuts. Like, and it's not even saying bad things about old people. It's just that that's a lot of responsibility, man. Like, and so, also, so I, I, also I, the other, I the other thing is, go ahead. <laughs> everything that Obama, everything that Obama did, uh, like, like he he had no luck getting any of his bills through because Senate is completely, you know, Congress is completely stagnant. They blocked everything. So what's the well, point? You know? Yeah. This has something to do with the, the campaign finance thing you're talking, we're going to talk about in a minute. Right. But, right. So, <clears throat> all right. So, I had a debate with someone about this Bernie Sanders, and like, I'm like, he's too old. Like, I, it's not even that I disagree with his policy positions. And, and I got all this, like, 
heat. Like, what? You're like, don't like old people? And I'm like, no. Like, I, I just told you how old he was and how old he's going to be if he eventually gets into office. And <clears throat> so I was, I said, listen, I'm not, I'm not necessarily opposed to it. Like, people can do what they want. That's fine. But he better have the best, the best running mate ever. And if he picks yeah. the best running mate ever, then that person just should just run instead. Yeah. Like, he should Agreed. pick a running mate and then say, you're going to run instead. Like, because the chances are pretty good that he would die in office or become incapacitated and couldn't do it anymore. Because the average healthy healthy lifespan for people not not like the lifespan but healthy lifespan is really into like the mid mid to late 60s before yeah people generally start having you know serious or uh, chronic health problems and he's 10 years beyond that and he's in good health that's cool but uh yeah that we're people are fooling themselves if they think that that a guy who's going to be approaching like 80 years old is is going to be up for the, the challenge I mean come on yeah yeah it, it's pretty so, ridiculous <clears throat> so why is Congress stagnant and like on either side of the aisle uh, because well Newt, in 1995, Mr. Gingrich kind of made it a point that uh, being a senator was mostly about getting reelected, and that which, basically right, which means it's mostly about raising money. Correct, and sucking dick right. on K Street. Right, right, that too. But we don't talk about that. We don't talk about dick. Yeah, but yeah, but that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. Right. To, right. to fucking raise money. You're going to K Street, and you're mingling with really fucking rich ex-congressmen. You know? Ex-cons, too. Ex-congressmen. Yeah. 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 Because there are no yeah. prohibitions on, on lobbyists, um, <clears throat> and their their criminal backgrounds uh, right. that really doesn't apply you can't get a job at McDonald's with a, with a felony but you can if you've got the the right contacts become a become a lobbyist for the whatever the oil industry or, or the dildo industry or wherever uh, yeah and yeah and, and you know they, you're getting like million dollar salaries and and just whining and dining uh uh members of the government who um, want your money and want that's it like yeah so that's a lot of blowjobs but if if you're spending like you know 90% of your time as a government official doing this you're not actually doing your fucking job so right right this so creates this a out, right? real that's problem true. yeah that's true so and then you have these uh, the policies that that people run on their platforms. Where they say, "Hey, I'm I'm going to do this, this, and this if I get elected." And and the the donors, they're like, "Yes, cool." Like they don't really care about the policy platforms because they know that what what really is important is is their money. So. They don't care what politicians say on campaigns because they understand that, that people understand that most of that stuff is not true anyway, or even if they, or, or it's all wishful thinking, or it's what they want to be able to do. So they don't care. Like, um, but in the secret meetings that they have where the money is being exchanged, that's when the truth comes out, and the truth is, is that uh, whoever Exxon is saying, okay, here's we're giving like a million dollars to 
to this organization over here that's going to run ads for you to help get you elected. And we're going to pool a bunch of um, individual donors together. Um, they're, so they're going to be like look like individual donors. I think the amount is like $2,400 a person that you can legally donate to a campaign. So they're going to line up all of, all of these people who actually work for them to donate in these individual amounts, these individual small yeah. donor amounts that people are super excited about. Yeah, we only take small money. But the, the truth is, is a lot of those cases, what's behind those small donors is the big corporation. So the meeting goes like this, like, here's, here's the money to get you reelected. And then we understand that you have to say this, but when you get into office, because we're putting you there, here's what you're really going to do. Because if you don't do what we say you're going to do, you're never going to get money again from from us or other people and, and your career is over and um, and even even and we're not going to hire you to be a lobbyist when you when you get out of office so if you want to uh, get elected and earn your stripes to become uh, a business person when you're done in Congress, then here's what you need. And because a lot of these people get in office, they're not necessarily wealthy when they get elected. A lot of them aren't, which is kind of interesting. Um, but as soon as as soon as they get into public office and are towing that line re- regarding what their donors want them to do, they're set. And they know that, and, ev- and like everybody knows that, it's, just, it's like an open secret. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. yeah. So, so what's to, what should, what can we do about it? Um, yeah, right. Because why would they vote against their own interests? You know, people talk about, about well, people voting well, against well, their own interests. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Right. I mean, Pelosi's going to introduce the bill that's going to change, that's going to try to reform that. Now, you can argue all you want as a senator against, you know, it, it is against your own interests. It's against like what you've been doing since 1995 anyway. And, and well, I don't know how to be a governor really anymore. I don't know how to do anything but go wine and dine, you know, right. but right. the truth is, is unless, unless you're serious, you know, this is this is the only way to go. There's no other way. You're not a government right now. You're not a functioning government. We we you are a WWE, you know, main event show at best. Whenever you're on TV, you know, at best. Right. You know, yeah. You're you're fake punching and you're throwing chairs and you're pushing people through tables and you're yelling a bunch. And that's all you're really right. doing, because then you're going off to K Street, and it doesn't even matter. So, you know, either fix it, or this is just complete ridiculousness. And so this will expose the people who are not willing. That's for sure. Yeah, but, you but, know, you know, but we as individuals, I mean, because, you know, that's, a, that's the problem. Everyone is an individual, and... And even if, even if you get a bunch of people together to say, for instance, uh, protest Starbucks on Oceanfront Walk in Venice, right? And we're gonna, what we're gonna do is yeah. get a bunch of people together and we're gonna be a unit and, and bigger than ourselves. And we're gonna make signs and, and chant and, and yell and, and say, you shouldn't be here. <clears throat> no one cares. Like, no, no one cares. Because, like, uh, you know who might care is like a person going to get coffee who's like who the fuck are these people they're they're annoying and why are they yelling at me I'm just gonna try to go and get some coffee because the people inside the employees and the like why would they care like unless they you're don't actually they don't in, <laughs> unless you're actually in the, re- in the restaurant causing a problem well, that's a different story. Then, 
then they can say, get the fuck out of here. You're, yep. you're causing a problem. That's not, that doesn't do anything. It just reflects badly on the person holding the sign and yelling. Even if they're right. Like, that's why, like, and that's what I mean. Like, with these big, obviously big problems, like with, with government, even a big group of people don't really uh, measure up to the power of all of that money. It's, uh, so I was talking about being more creative regarding the Starbucks thing, where people should just go in, quietly order, like an order water, and take up space, and not leave, like, and just, you know, not buy anything, and just take up space, as a, as a form of, like, uh, protest. So, so what happens is people come in and get their coffee and they can't stay, and they're like, who are, and they get tired of, and they get tired of, and they're like, this place sucks, we're not coming back. I think it'd be more effective. Yeah, I mean, also like the the people working there that you're sort of like yelling and causing a, a ruckus and making have a bad day. They don't have right. anything to do with corporate situation going on. They have nothing. No, they just have a right crappy job. Right. Exactly. 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 And really, so, and really, what 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 you're doing by protesting is you're asking the press to cover you. So you you're basically going out there and being a fame whore, making yeah. loud noise to be famous, hoping that that some stupid ignorant journalist will pick up on this and write something and that it might have an effect with corporate, you know, stocks or something and that might cause right. Starbucks to leave? You're fucking right. kidding me. Well, somebody, um, somebody, I said this won't, I, I said, um, I told somebody that it wouldn't work and, and they responded by saying, well, um, yeah, it, it, it worked in a, uh, up in uh, I forget where in like Tacoma, Washington or something like and I said well, what was the situation there he's like oh it was a, like a racist racism thing I think that was the I think that might have been the, the store that um, kicked the black people out where they had to have their meeting their a few months later their afternoon shutdown where they had a sensitivity training meeting um, and I guess there were people who were protesting outside about the actual employees in that store yeah. being racist. And I and apparently they closed that store. And I'm like, that's totally different. And then and then Snapchat was brought up and I said, Nobody protesting the leasing of or purchasing of building like that didn't have like that was actually a better version of a protest because you're you're protesting the company itself because of the things that the company itself is doing um, and and even then all those all those demonstrations didn't weren't the thing that that made them change their course and and leave the area it was their it was their stock valuation dropping because because the less people were using Snapchat, it had nothing to do with Venice. It had zero to do with Venice. It had everything to do with the worldwide market of Snapchat users that decided that they didn't like it. Like that's well, it. Like it wasn't it didn't have anything to do with where they were headquartered. Like no one cares. Um right. and it's it's really interesting that people like choose not to get that or or pretend they don't get that. But that goes right back to the thing about campaign finance reform. Like, if, if people can't understand a simple concept like, like marching around in the street yelling won't change anything, then certainly, like, marching around in the street yelling about campaign finance reform isn't going to work either. Like, to even less, less degree. Like, and, and people aren't even doing that. Like, that was the other thing I was trying to point out was that 
like if you're gonna if you're gonna organize like a protest about Starbucks, there are so many other other richer targets that you could do that to. Like so many yeah. that have been around for so much longer. Like, what yep. are you doing? Like, and they're like, well, I'm gonna get I get my coffee at mom and pop stores. So well, well, the coffee itself is corporate. You understand this? Like, no matter where you buy it, and like, and the yep. fact that you're buying it at a at a restaurant that's owned by a like a, a single owner, you're not really protesting the like coffee. You should be protesting the coffee. Like, and they're like, what? Yeah, every every cup of coffee that you ever drink is like it's like you know blood coffee. You know these poor people living on these compounds for like room and, room and board, picking individual yep. coffee beans because they write coffee beans ripen individually, and so it's just constant like finding and picking these beans um, in the hot for nothing yeah. yeah yeah it's not like fair trade it's not like oh I like I like fair trade yeah <laughs> oh and like groundwork right yeah they uh they were held up to be as an example and so am I and then looked so I looked them up and and I don't have anything against this company but they're located they're headquartered in North Hollywood um they've had a store in Venice for a long time but exactly but then I looked into like their practices and they have abandoned uh, organic coffee and they've for years because yeah they couldn't afford it they couldn't yeah. afford to maintain that standard they're like we've got to <laughs> this is like a this is like a an interview with um, the CEO and he's like no, well, we had we've got to eat. We have to pay our bills, and you know, and feed our kids. So we made a, a choice that we like organic coffee, but we can't say that it's only organic coffee because we have to. We need money. So um, it doesn't take very much to to research to really find out the truth that it's all just. It's all just advertising, just like the politicians. Corporations are no different, and uh, you know they're all out to manipulate you into spending your money or donating your money to your favorite Bernie Sanders clone or, or a new uh, new super cool uh, copy house. Same thing. Wow, what a what a cheerful uh, topic we're discussing, right? pieces of shit wonderful <laughs> <laughs> I know we go from like rejected by Sheen yeah to uh, to a bunch of financial bullshit off the coast of the Ireland like, what is going on here yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yay. Yeah. So how's uh, how's having the uh, the place to yourself? Oh. It must be great. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! It's great, but <laughs> I've got a whole bunch of things to do before tomorrow. I've got a pack. I've got a uh, I've got a wrap. Oh, that's right, because you leave. That's right. That's right, because you leave too. I've got to go uh, to the bank really fast to drop off some cash in, in my account so that I can get back when I get get back on oh, 27. Yeah, yeah, it's, it'd be good to be able to get back. Hmm. Yeah. I need a lift from the airport. Yeah. Oh, you know, lift to the airport. Wait, when are you leaving? I'm leaving tomorrow morning. I need a lift to the airport, but I also need I, I also need a lift back. Yeah. So. So I need right to put on. some money in my account. You know, just like a little bit. I don't have that much anyway. Christmas in. And Reno. then I'm up to Reno. Reno, Reno, Reno for Christmas. Nice. Yeah. Well, 
<laughs> yeah, that's uh I don't I I'm going to be working uh on Christmas. Ah. Yeah. That'll be exciting. Um I will actually uh be getting off work uh by Christmas Eve at 12:30 a.m. So I will really be leaving work right when Christmas begins. And that'll be nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then because uh, I'm working Wait. overnight. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then I also get to work on Christmas or New Year's Eve too. Which will yeah. be interesting. Yeah. Helping the people. So, uh, right on, it's, right uh, on. It's, it's super, it's kind of wild. It's, uh, my, uh, my new place of employment is, uh, up in the Hollywood Hills. Maybe I'll run into Sheen yeah. up there. And you can, you might, him to, uh, you might. maybe I could do a secret recording and, and put him on the podcast anyway, because, cause, you know, in California, um, only one party needs to know it's being recorded. Right. Ah. Uh-huh. Would that wouldn't that be awesome? Like, guess what, Sheen? You are on a podcast. That'd be rad. You did get podcasted, Sheen, winning. So, also, I yeah. just want to shout out to Turtle and to Britt because they're having their baby today. Britt is nine centimeters dilated at the moment in the hospital, so uh, ready to go. Oh, that's a big. Nine centimeters? That's over 9,000 micrometers. That's gaping, gaping. <laughs> wow, that's cool. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yay. <laughs> Little Lyra is coming into the world. Lyra. Or Lyra. And I don't know how to pronounce that, but it's L-Y-R-A. And yeah. Yeah. Lyra? Lyra? I don't know. Lyra? I, uh, oh, let's see, uh, any, any, uh, hmm, housekeeping. Um, so, uh, let's see, what else is briefly in the news? Oh, Sam, Sam Harris, our, our favorite, um, atheist, uh, slow breathing, uh, podcaster. Yeah. He uh, he has decided to exit his Patreon page um, yeah. because uh, thinks that people are being treated unfairly. Um, but you know the people that are being treated or who are being deplatformed are really kind of gross. Like um, you know, just kind of hate-filled, disgusting people. Um, yeah. But he's kind of he's kind of into that, even though he's kind of tried he tries to separate himself from that that group. He, he uh, that kind of made kind of it's kind of like that's the controversy. So that's what makes you. Yeah, but it, it's interesting. He abandoned uh, like sixty-five thousand dollars a month. Uh, apparently, he didn't need the money. He's a trust fund baby, by the way. Too. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't I f- know that. No. I forget what I forget who who he's heir to, but uh, he was he was born with a platinum spoon in his mouth. So. Uh, I see. so yeah. Some housekeeping. Um, let's see what else is new. Oh, so <clears throat> I found out. I didn't realize the um, the actress in our. Uh, the, uh, on the YouTube version of our feminist porn podcast, uh, actually oh, our yeah. last episode, which is uh, Stroya. I didn't know who that was, and um, and so I did some research about her, and it turns out she really is kind of a, a feminist pornographer in like the, I guess the most meaningful way she's like very concerned about uh, uh, sex workers rights and, um, and yeah. the hierarchy of uh, uh, 
sex workers and how they think about each other and, and sure. stuff like that. So, so I have reached out to her. Uh, she's clearly very popular as well, probably much yeah. more popular than Sheen. But yeah. um, you know, you can't you can't get people you can't get good guests without asking. So I've uh, reached out to her to see if she would be willing to come on and discuss her her point of view and um, anything else. Um, Oh, Sam Harris. Sam Harris. Sam Harris came from a Quaker background. Hmm. Yeah, Quaker background. Really? Son. Was, son I, was I incorrect? Actor, son of actor Berkeley Harris and TV producer Susan Harris, who created okay. Golden Girls. Oh, that's right. He's a Golden Girls kid, right? Yeah, he's got all that Golden Girls money. That's right. I knew it was something. Yeah. He's a product of the Golden Girls Empire. Yeah. Wow. That's fant- that's fantastic. Yeah, it's mm. pretty cool. That's really cool. All right, man. What episode yeah, are episode we on? Yeah, episode 33. Woo! What? Woo! Yeah. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy New Year. Yes, Merry Christmas. I don't think we'll be doing another episode before the New Year, so we're going to close out the year with episode 33 of the B2B Podcast with Shorts and Aurelius, and we'll see you on the other side. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.